Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Go Bears! Go Bears! Go Bears! be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Jean pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. Right? He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writers. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. We made it. It's NFL Sunday. The Bears open the season tonight on Sunday night. Football against the Rams at 7:20. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I really didn't think I'd be excited for this season. You remember me talking about that at the end of last offseason. I was dreading this season for the Bears. But they're back. I'm actually excited. We might see Justin Fields tonight. We got a lot to get to on the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. It's great to be back with you after a week off. And the week before, we had some technical issues, but I think they're all ironed out now. We are ready to go for the football preview show because the Bears start tonight. Yes, that's tonight, 7.20 p.m. on NBC for Sunday Night Football. We had two full weeks now of college football under our belt. Now we get a full day of NFL today and It's going to be so much fun. And if you're the betting types, I hope you have a profitable day, have a good day, because that's what today is. It's the return of NFL football. The timeline on Twitter is blowing up with injury reports. We're also getting reports about Justin Fields' status for tonight, in that he might play. Now, I've said all along that he's going to play in Week 1 against L.A., but we've got an NFL insider reporting that there's a possibility that he takes the field. So more on that in a little bit. Since it's football season, I will have a score prediction at the end of the show, as I did every week last year. Same deal this year. I'm going to have a prediction at the end of the show coming up. Stay tuned for that. That'll be right before I wrap up at noon. We'll also talk some college football because Ohio State, wow. Um, what can I say about that? Not good. Not ideal if you're Ryan Day. So we'll talk some college football. Cubs went streaking a while back. They won a few games, and then they you know, got demolished by the Giants yesterday. Chris Bryant made his return to Wrigley, which was emotional. You know, we'll have some White Sox talk, too, as they gear up for the stretch run and Tim Anderson's status, Carlos Rodon's status. Will Tony LaRusso win manager of the year? I still say yes. we also got some NBA to talk about because the Bulls Made some signings, including, this is weird for me, they signed a player I covered in college. So I'll talk about that, and I've got a fun story to tell that I told on the Believe in Bulls podcast this week. I'll tell it again here if I got time. But it rounded out the roster, and Tony Kukoc was inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday, so we've got to talk about that. We'll have some more fun along the way. There's probably going to be some news that comes in throughout the show that we'll get to. I've got the Twitter timeline open here. If you want to chime in on the conversation, shoot me a tweet or a DM. And Nick Schultz underscore seven. I checked them religiously during the show, and I will try to get to all of them. I should have time today, but definitely chime in on the conversation on Twitter, Nick Schultz underscore seven. All right, Bears-Rams tonight, 7.20 p.m. on NBC. Andy Dalton versus Matt Stafford. Yes, that's the matchup we all expected in week one. Andy Dalton, Matt Stafford. The spread for this game for you betting types out there. Rams are favored by 8.5 points. That was 7.5 points last night. The line moved overnight. The over-under is 46.5, which is low, but I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Some news on the injury front for the Bears. Eddie Goldman is out. He had a knee injury come up in practice, and he went from doubtful to out yesterday. 
It's not ideal because the Bears didn't have Eddie Goldman last year and losing him is huge. So I thought maybe having him out there would be a nice boost for the Bears against LA, but he's not going to play. No one else is confirmed out yet. He was the only one listed as doubtful. Khalil Mack was listed as limited. I can pull up the full injury report for you right here. Eddie Golden was the only one listed as doubtful. Khalil Mack was questionable with a groin, but he practiced Friday, so he'll probably play. Darnell Mooney was questionable with a back. He practiced Friday. He'll probably play. Robert Quinn had a back. He practiced Friday. He's questionable. He'll probably play. I don't like seeing Deshaun Gibson on this injury report. He was limited on Friday. He's questionable, so I think that's 50-50. Eddie Jackson had a wrist, but was full practice all week, so not worried about that. Deion Bush had a shoulder. He was full practice all week, so not worried about that one either. Jimmy Graham shows up on the injury report, but it was just a non-injury, just resting the veteran. So he did. they get Wednesdays off. So nothing to read into about that. But the big one is nose tackle Eddie Goldman. That's not good. And again, I thought he was going to be one of those pieces for the defense that boosts him. So losing him, next man up, I guess. As you heard me say, Andy Dalton is starting tonight, and this was not unexpected news. Now, I know I started to flip on my take that Andy Dalton should start week one. I started to, and I came back around. Let me say this. This is not a bad thing that Andy Dalton is starting tonight. I think Andy Dalton is your ideal starter for the first four games of the season. And when I say ideal, I mean the guy who should get his head kicked in. Because you're going up against Aaron Donald tonight. And Jalen Ramsey and Roquan Smith, old friend alert. I would much rather see Andy Dalton go up against this defense and the offensive, depending on how the offensive line plays, but if it if it plays like it has been, Andy Dalton's going to be the one getting his head kicked in. I'd much rather see that than Justin Fields out there. I made this analogy a few weeks back. I'm going to make it again. This is like when for your birthday or Christmas or whatever, you get a shiny new toy. And one of your friends asks if he can play with that toy, but that friend has broken every other toy that you've ever given him. So you give him a different toy to play with to see if you can trust him with the other one. That's exactly what this is for the Bears. Justin Fields is a shiny new toy. Do you want anything happening to that? Absolutely not. I really started flipping on whether or not Dalton or Fields should start after week one of the preseason when Justin Fields just balled out. But I came to my senses, as did many on Bears Twitter and many Bears fans, when Fields took that blindside hit on that blitz that he didn't read. So, going back to that, that was when I was sitting there thinking, okay, you know what, maybe Andy Dalton should be the guy. Maybe Andy Dalton should be the guy going up against the Rams' defense with that blitz, and he should be the one taking the hits. Justin Fields needs to be on the sidelines, watching the game unfold, it doesn't seem like he needs to get used to the NFL speed because he made that comment in the preseason, so I'm not worried about that. It's a matter of keeping him healthy. But that said, and I was talking about this last night with a few people too, and we got some confirmation kind of today. Even though Andy Dalton's starting, I've been thinking all along that we're going to see Justin Fields tonight. Well... Ian Rappaport, now Ian Rappaport, who I I always have a clip of Ian Rappaport talking Bears on the show because I want to say he's based in Chicago, really dialed in with the Bears. He was all over the Trubisky stuff last year, all over Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's job status last year. I got another clip of him talking about whether or not Justin Fields is going to play this week. And it sounds like, it sounds like he might play. Let's hear what he has to say. Meanwhile, for the Chicago Bears, this is Andy Dalton's team. He is the starter. 
However, based on what Justin Fields did in the preseason, based on his readiness, I'm also told there is a small package of plays at Fields' disposal. If Andy Dalton does great, you may not see it. If he struggles a little bit, do not be surprised if the Bears unveil a little bit of Justin Fields tonight. So that was a little quiet. But if you if you couldn't hear it, if you couldn't turn your volume up, there's a package of plays, supposedly, that Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor or whoever has in their back pocket. And if Andy Dalton's struggling, and Rappaport says, do not be surprised if Justin Fields comes in for a few package plays. He also, in this clip, I, I cut the Bears part of it. He also brought up that the 49ers are maybe going to do the same thing with Trey Lance. And if you've listened to the show through the NFL draft, through the combine, everything, you know I'm not sold on Trey Lance. So I'm just kind of chuckling about that. I still think I'll stand by it, and I can go into this argument more if anybody wants. Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback in this draft class. I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence is the best right now, but I think when all's said and done, Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. But anyway, back on point. My attitude here is why not throw Justin Fields out there? It's a matter of, well, I, I could tell you the reason why not is if the offensive line isn't protecting the quarterback. Because I just went through that whole spiel about the offensive line worrying me and how the quarterback, how Andy Dalton's going to get his head kicked in as I keep saying that over and over. But that that's going to determine a lot of things. But the thing Justin Fields has going for him, and you saw it in the preseason, granted it was against backups, but still, you saw it in the preseason. He has the ability to make plays on the run. Now people will say, oh, well, Mitch Trubisky could run. There's a difference. The reason Justin Fields fits so well in the Matt Nagy system is because he can roll out, get out of the pocket, and make plays on the run. He can throw the ball on the run. With Trubisky, he didn't have it between the ears. He'd be on the run, he'd panic, he'd run out of bounds before the line of scrimmage or before the first down. Or He wasn't the smartest when it came to making decisions on the fly. What I like about Justin Fields is that he gets out of the pocket and he's dangerous. I forget which coach said it in the preseason. I can't for the life of me remember it. But when Fields gets out of that pocket, you got to contain him because he's fast. You saw that on that touchdown run he had in, what was that, week two? Week one? He's fast. He's lightning fast. He can throw a deep ball. If you get him out of the pocket, he's still going to make plays. That's what Trubisky didn't do. So I would absolutely love to see Justin Fields' packages tonight. And even if the O-line is collapsing, isn't performing well, guess what? Just get him out of the pocket and let him go. Even if it's designed runs. I mean, designed runs with a guy like Justin Fields. He's fast. So yeah, I'd absolutely be down for that. And the other thing, now this is not really something that you know, Matt Nagy should take into consideration. But, this is something as a fan, who in their right mind is watching this game tonight for Andy Dalton? If you're watching tonight's game to watch Andy Dalton, I can only have one person on the show at a time. That's why I can't take calls. I will find a way to get you on the show right now. And I want to hear why you would be watching Andy Dalton. 99.9% of people watching the Bears game tonight, if you're a Bears fan, want to see Justin Fields. So why not throw him out there? If Brian Kelly can mix and match his quarterbacks like he did yesterday against Toledo, Nagy can too. Because here's the thing. 
I'm a lifelong Notre Dame fan, and I know if you're if you're gonna turn off the show, I understand. I get it. I understand being a Notre Dame fan. Like I hear it all the time. Notre Dame's not the most popular team. I understand. I've heard it all. But I'm a lifelong Notre Dame fan. Not the biggest Brian Kelly fan lately. But you know what he did against Toledo yesterday? Jack Cohn is their starting quarterback for the Fighting Irish. He was struggling. He He's not mobile. So, Brian Kelly benched Jack Cohn and brought in a, tr- a freshman named Tyler Buckner. And he came in and got the offense jump-started because he can run. Now, Cohn came in and finished the game, and he threw a touchdown after it, he got his, his finger was dislocated and then popped back in. Oh, God, it was, just, it was gross. But Cohn came in and finished the game. But Buckner was the one who came in and jump-started the offense. That's what Justin Fields can do for the Bears tonight. Because we joke about Matt Nagy's inability to make adjustments. It is a punchline. Absolutely, 100%. Brian Kelly's not much better. So if Brian Kelly can pull his starting quarterback for the freshman backup, Matt Nagy can too. Now, like I said, Kelly put Cone back in. Nagy can put Dalton back in. But it's going to be Justin Fields who gives the Bears the best chance to win with the way he runs the offense. So I'm just saying, I'm watching for Justin Fields to play tonight. And I know I'm not alone. I said that all along, but hearing that from Rappaport, that there's a package of plays, Ian Rappaport would not just say there's a package of plays, maybe you'll see him. No, it sounds like we're going to see Justin Fields play tonight. That's how I'm understanding this. Maybe I'm being too hopeful here. Maybe I'm just not wanting to accept Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback. Now that said... I'm a Bears fan. I'm going to root for Andy Dalton to succeed. I want my team to win. But I want them to win with Justin Fields. Because I'm bought in. So we'll see how much of Justin Fields we see tonight. But just think back to that analogy. Of Brian Kelly pulling Jack Cohn for Tyler Buckner. I'm just saying. I don't want to equate Matt Nagy to Brian Kelly. But I'm going to in the sense of neither one of them are very good at making adjustments. But Kelly made an adjustment. I want to talk more about Notre Dame in a little bit too. Because I have thoughts. But we got to talk about the Bears defense now. Because it's opening day. I'm heavy bears today. Sean Desai is the new defensive coordinator. And I have a very bold prediction for the Bears defense tonight. And through the season. I think the Bears defense is going to come out like the 2018 Bears. The thing with Chuck Pagano. And Chuck Pagano, you know... Say what you want about him. He had a great career. His scheme was different from Fangio, from Vic Fangio's, in that it was less aggressive. Now, the weird thing about this, when Pagano came in as defensive coordinator after Fangio took the head coaching job at the Broncos, when Pagano came in, he said there was going to be more, the defense was going to be more aggressive. And it turned out it wasn't. One example I point to, and I don't know if I'm ever going to stop pointing to this, multiple times last year, this wasn't just a one-time thing, multiple times last year, 
Khalil Mack was dropped into coverage. Now, I've never played a down to football in my life. I golfed in high school for a reason. I can maybe throw a decent spiral on a football. Never played it down even little guy football, mighty my football, none of that. I didn't play any of that. But I can tell you, as someone who's watched the game a lot, studied the game, if you have an all-pro pass rusher, a Pro Bowl pass rusher, I know Pro Bowls don't mean anything, but for the sake of my argument, I'm using it. You've got a great pass rusher. Why in the world are you dropping him into pass coverage? There's a reason he's a pass rusher. I'm not sure Pagano's scheme was conducive to Robert Quinn. You know, Robert Quinn's drawn a lot of criticism for his play last year, and I'm not saying that's not deserved. He underperformed with the amount of money the Bears are paying him. But I'm not sure the scheme was good for him. I think Pagano's scheme, it was too passive. It was... It wasn't as aggressive as I'd have hoped, given the playmakers on this defense. Mack, Quinn, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks. It was not as aggressive as I'd have liked. Now Sean Desai is in at defensive coordinator, and yeah, he's young, but Vic Fangio trusted him. There's a reason Vic Fangio trusted Sean Desai. And I want to say I read somewhere that he wanted to take the side of Denver and the Bears wouldn't let him. Or there was, he's had opportunities to leave is what I'm saying. Now he's the top guy. And I think he's going to be really good for this defense. I think this defense is going to be energized. You've seen it in the videos that the Bears put on social media, you know, and some of those, you know, take with a grain of salt. But every everything you hear about Sean Desai, you hear good things. Not, not that these guys are going to go out there and be like, oh, well, our new defensive coordinator is terrible. He's not good. No, they're not going to say that. But you can usually read between the lines. If they say, oh, yeah, like Sean's doing a good job. You know, he's good for the team. No, they're these guys on defense are talking about him. So my bold prediction is that the Bears defense comes out like 2018, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are going to come out firing. And I think this defense is going to be top tier in the NFL again. I think Desai's putting in a new scheme. And I think it's going to be the best thing that's happened to the Bears in a while. And when I say that, I mean, not that Justin Fields won't be, because I am driving the Justin Fields hype train. But I, th- I think the defense is going to be re-energized. Oh, and the other thing about tonight, it's Matthew Stafford. If there's a quarterback the Bears have always had their way with, it's Matthew Stafford. I want to say, I, c- I could be wrong, I should have looked this up beforehand and I didn't. But I want to say... The Bears have intercepted Matt Stafford more times than any other NFL team. I'm just saying. If it wasn't Matt Stafford tonight, I think I'd be having a kind of a different tune about this defense, but it's Matthew Stafford. You got a new scheme, a young coordinator. Keep an eye out for the defense tonight. It is so good to be talking Bears football again. Regular season Bears football. You know, talking preseason is great and all about hypotheticals, whatever. You've never heard of half the players in the preseason. It's go time tonight. 7.20 kickoff, NBC. Prediction coming in a half an hour. You'll hear my prediction for the game. Until then, please, please, please chime in on the conversation on my Twitter, Nick Schultz underscore 7. I'm moving on to college football, baseball, basketball now, but we can come back to NFL if you'd like. 
Week two of college football was yesterday, and I watched 12 hours of football yesterday, actually up to it, 12, it was basically 12 straight, and then in and out 15 hours in total. I watched all the games. I had to cover the Illinois game at 10 for my writing job at Saturday Tradition. And then I was on the breaking news desk for the website until 10 p.m. So I was watching football all day. And if you think I'm complaining, you're absolutely wrong. Because it was awesome. There was a lot of good and there, there was some bad. I was watching the Illinois game because, again, I had to write about it. So I didn't get to watch most of the Ohio State game. But I was following it. If you missed it, if you somehow missed what Ohio State did yesterday, let me catch you up. Um, the number three team in the country, they had 612 yards on offense and still lost. Number 12, Oregon, went into Ohio State and beat the Buckeyes 35-28. to It was at the horseshoe. Now, why is this such a big deal at 12 upset 3? Well, 1, 12 upset 3. But there wasn't much going for Oregon. It was an early game. They drew noon Eastern time, which is 9 a.m. Pacific time. Oregon didn't have its best player in defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. And when I say their best player, I mean their best player. This guy across all. Almost all mock drafts. And I want to say even all of them at this point. He's the top overall pick. He didn't play because he's hurt. Ohio State was favored by 14 and a half points. And Oregon went in there. And beat them 35 to 28. It's the first loss for Ryan Day in the regular season. Since he took over at Ohio State. Not good. And I think it takes Ohio State out of the college football playoff picture. I mean, you can't have that kind of loss as the number three team in the country. So I think Ohio State's out of the CFP. But man, that was that was not good yesterday. Notre Dame, by the way. Now I'm back to Notre Dame here. So, Notre Dame's playing Toledo at home. Is at home at Notre Dame Stadium. Toledo plays in the MAC. Notre Dame is a top 10 team in the country. Notre Dame had to fight off Toledo to win 32 to 29. Second game in a row that the Fighting Irish have had to find a back door. They didn't play great against Florida State. Actually, they probably should have lost against Florida State. And they almost lost to Toledo. I know the attitude is just win, baby. I know that was was that what that was Al Davis wasn't it just win baby I get just win it but please don't make it close against teams like Toledo or Florida State Florida State by the way to give you an idea lost to Jacksonville State last night on a walk off Hail Mary that's who Notre Dame almost lost to that's who Notre Dame had to go to overtime with was Florida State. Just throwing that out there. And something else about yesterday. As I said, I'm a lifelong Notre Dame fan. I'm not that much of a diehard fan where I'm going to pay $5 to watch my team play Toledo. 
Especially when there's, what, up to a two-minute delay? Reporters on Twitter were live-tweeting the game, and they were a minute to two minutes ahead of the stream. Now, as someone who's live-tweeted games, I can tell you that they don't tweet immediately after something happens. It might take some time to tweet about a play. That's how long it took for the stream to catch up. So, dear Notre Dame, don't ever do that to us again. If you're going to play on NBC, just play on NBC. And maybe we can see Drew Brees' hairline instead of having to pay for it. Before I get to that, I want to remind you, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, Chicago. I'm coming to you from my house in Dwight, Illinois, where I've been broadcasting from for the last year now. Yes, we've been a year of remote broadcasting here at WLUW, and we've been picked up through the end of the semester. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We're still here through December at least. Again, if you want to chime in on the conversation, shoot me a tweet. Nick Schultz underscore seven. But yeah, Drew Brees' hairline. That was something we were watching Thursday Night Football. First game of the year, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. It was a good game. Way better game than I thought it'd be. I thought Tampa Bay was just going to wipe the floor with Dallas. I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan. Never have been. I don't know if I ever will be. But watching that game and Drew Brees is on TV, my man's got hair. He's got hair now. And it was, I mean, it was all over Twitter. Like, Twitter did their thing with memes. And I think my favorite was the uh, the picture of George Costanza and Seinfeld when he, he, he get was it a wig, whatever it is. And Elaine turns to him and goes, you're bald. And George goes, I was bald. That was, that's the best one I saw. That, that was something. But yeah, I don't want to pay $5 to see that. I don't want to pay $5 to watch Notre Dame. They got a contract with NBC that's over the air. I used to watch Notre Dame at school for free. Well, I had to pay however much for the antenna I had, but it used to be over the air. Don't make us pay for streaming service to watch Notre Dame ever again. That wasn't fun. I did not enjoy having to watch GameCast. But I just wanted to get that off my chest. I can't... What is this? JSU greater than ND. Why do I have... I got trolls on my Twitter mentions again. Jonah Blatt chiming in. I'm just making fun of him at this point. Saying Jacksonville State's better than Notre Dame. Alright, where's the block button on this thing? Also regarding Ohio State... Uh, it's an early enough loss where they'll get in, assuming they run the table in the Big Ten. Will they get in, though? Watch out for Iowa. Did you see the Cyhawk game yesterday? If you didn't see the Cyhawk game, it was a defensive battle, I'd say, because neither team really lit it up on offense. But the difference in the game was Iowa's defense just got takeaway after takeaway after takeaway. This is after Iowa beat Indiana in week one. Watch out for the Hawkeyes. You know, I do my a weekly story or weekly column for Saturday Tradition now, and I predict Big Ten teams' records after each week. And I'm going to give you kind of a sneak peek here because the story's not live yet. I have Iowa going 11-1 and this year. Because looking at their schedule, it's pretty favorable. I mean, I think the only loss on here... I think I've got Wisconsin as a toss-up. Just because it's at Camp Randall in Madison, and I think that game's got trap game written all over it. But don't sleep on Iowa this year.
And Joe agrees, like, oh, for sure, Iowa is legit. Yeah, no, they are. Kirk Ferentz has something really good going. Watch out for them. That's why Ohio State's loss yesterday is going to impact the rankings, and I, I still say kiss the playoff goodbye. But maybe Iowa can take that spot for the Big Ten. This is only week two. I can't believe we're talking about this, but that's just how big that loss was yesterday for Ohio State. It was huge. So now they've got to look at what's next after that. Illinois, since I write about them, I should probably talk about them a little bit. Um, Not good yesterday against Virginia. Um, (laughs) You can't have a quarterback throw for 400 yards with 10 minutes left in the game and expect to win. Um, Not good. It was an ugly game. Illinois scored 14 points. Virginia scored a lot more than that. Brennan Armstrong had five touchdowns. It was not a good game for Brett Bielema's group. That's why I'm not going to talk about him a lot, because it was just yikes. You know, there was a lot of optimism after that Week 0 win against Nebraska at Champaign. You know, they beat a conference foe on their home field to start the season. The first year of a rebuild, you know, there's a lot of hope ever since then. Nah. Hasn't been good. That's why I make the reference to, uh, it's actually my favorite movie. We'll always have Nebraska. So just wanted to mention that too, since I did bring up that I covered the Illinois game. Yeah, it was not a good game for the Illini. All right, let's talk some NBA here. We got about 23 minutes left here. Tony Kukoc is a Hall of Famer officially. He was inducted yesterday. Michael Jordan, Jerry Reinsdorf on hand. I didn't get to hear much of his speech because, again, I was nosed on my computer all day with football. But from what I understand, he had a good speech. And, you know, this is much deserved for Tony Kukoc. That's not the only Bulls news we got this week. They finalized the roster and they... It's an old friend for... Well, kind of, kind of, sort of, old friend for Loyola on the roster. So they, they signed Alizé Johnson. And if the name Alizé Johnson sounds familiar to you as a Loyola basketball fan, it's because he played at Missouri State for two years after transferring from junior college. He was preseason player of the year in the Valley. Had a lot of NBA looks. He was drafted in the second round. And I love telling this story. I've never... I hadn't told this story, really. I think maybe once I told the story. Before my Believe in Bulls podcast on Wednesday, which feel free to go listen to that, by the way. Shameless plug. Apple, Spotify, wherever, where I talk Bulls every week. But nonetheless, I'm going to tell it here again, just in case you haven't heard it. And I teased it on Twitter. But here's, like, the full story. It's January, I think, 2018. January, February, something like that. Conference plays going on in the Valley. Missouri State's coming to town. Now, Missouri State was preseason favorite. A lot of hype surrounding the team. Alizé Johnson is the best player on the team by far. He can score. He can rebound. He's a ferocious rebounder, by the way. That's one thing that he's going to bring to the Bulls. Is he is a he's an amazing rebounder. I'm not putting him in the same category as, say, like Dennis Rodman. But still, he's a great rebounder. Anyway, he's a double-double machine in college. And the Loyola game comes around, and I hear there's some NBA scouts there. Which, not surprising. He's playing in Chicago. He's going to get some NBA looks. And, you know, I go to my seat on press row, whatever. You know, I go set my stuff down. And as I walk past, I see a guy who, taller, and he was wearing a black quarter zip. And I think to myself, huh, he looks familiar. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, know, I think I know who that is. So I I set my stuff down, go to the media room, grab myself some food and a can of Coke. And 
I see the SID for Loyola, Bill Barrett's. And I turn to him, I go, hey, Bill. There's a guy sitting courtside. Looks a lot like John Paxson. And Bill goes, I don't know what you're talking about. That That's his brother. Now, it was... Now, we know John has a brother, but it was not John's brother. It was John Paxson. And I'm sitting there going, oh, really? So I wolf down my food. I go out there and set my, I get my stuff set up on the press table, and I go talk to him. And I, I introduce myself. You know, I'm a reporter, student reporter. He, n- nice guy. Say what you want about John Paxson as an executive. He's a nice guy. And we talked a little bit small talk, and I asked him, like, okay, don't mind my asking who you here watching. And the response was like, oh, well, uh, he wouldn't answer. I'm like, you're watching Alize. And he didn't say it, but he kind of like gave me a wink. And I told him like, yeah, understandable. And, you know, I talked just a little more small talk. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll let you go. And uh, thanks for the time. And it, it was it was a good conversation. Oh, by the way, Loyola won that game 97-75. to Alize had 14 points and 9 rebounds. Oh, and Clayton Custer had 23 points and 6 assists. And Loyola shot 61% from the floor. What I saw from Alize Johnson in his two years in the Valley makes me really excited for him on the Bulls. He's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be maybe top of the second unit. He's never really had an opportunity in the NBA. Now he's going to have that opportunity. And I think he's going to be a nice reserve for the Bulls this year. He's got a two-year deal that he signed. And like I said, I, I'm excited, and I hope he can make a trip up to Rogers Park at some point, just for the joke. But that was the that was the big signing for the Bulls this week. You know, they signed Stanley Johnson, and they signed Matt Thomas. They had a couple other, like, Exhibit 10 training camp deals. But the big one for me is Alizé. And, you know, I've had players I cover play in the G League you know, Milton Doyle played for the Windy City Bulls, and he played for the Brooklyn Nets. Also had Dante Ingram play for the Greensboro Swarm, and he played for the Bulls in the Summer League. Never had a player I covered play in the NBA. So this is cool for me on that level. But yeah, that was the big thing the Bulls did, was they finalized the roster, and now training camp starts, what, the 28th, I think? I think that's when training camp gets started. Let me check my notes. Uh, yeah, the 28th. And then they got four preseason games, October 5th, 8th, 10th, and 15th. And then the regular season starts October 20th against Detroit. So that's going to be fun. Bulls get their first look, get the first look at Cade Cunningham with the Detroit Pistons. So with training camp coming, with training camp coming up, I'm... Very intrigued to see what the Bulls look like this year with the, the new starting lineup, the new second unit. They're, the roster's done. Now it's a matter of implementing the system and getting things together on the court. I still say top five team in the East. Or at least they should be, given the free agents they signed this offseason. Briefly, for the last few minutes here got some cubs i want to talk about chris bryant made his return to wrigley and it was emotional you know i watched him get choked up when they showed the video tribute i did love that he gave the ushers cookies with the cubs logo on him and said thanks for being a part of seven great years or whatever it said on there you know he's a class act i was sad to see him go and trust me if you've if you listen to these shows during that time, you'd know I was not happy to see him go when he did. But you know what? He's a class act. 
And I, I wished him all the best. I hope I keep holding out hope that maybe like him or Rizzo or Baez or somebody can re-sign with the Cubs this offseason, but I'm losing hope on that. But no, it was good to see KB back at Wrigley. And yeah, I mean, I remember when he was drafted. I remember when all those guys were drafted. And, you know, he became one of my favorite players as a lifelong Cubs fan. You know, what he did in 16 can't be understated. And seeing him come back, like it was, I guess it was closure. I don't want it to be closure, but it was closer. Closure, I guess. But no, it was good to see KB back at Wrigley. Also, speaking of people being back at Wrigley, um, David Ross is back at Wrigley. So this happened last week. I was out of town. My, my sister had a golf tournament last weekend, and she's freshman in, in college playing D3 golf. So we went to go watch her play. It was the closest tournament of the year. And that's why I wasn't on last week. I was literally walking 18 holes on an Ohio golf course in Hey Dudes because I forgot my tennis shoes back here. To give you an idea, the, the pain went away in my legs probably Wednesday. Because if you've never been to the middle of Ohio, like that we were in Granville at Denison University, um, those hills are fun. I'll leave it at that. But anyway, we're driving out, and I get all over my Twitter timeline, David Ross and Jed Hoyer tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I'm not sure if they were symptomatic or not. What I first heard from... The reporters on scene or they uh, on the beat was that they weren't symptomatic, which is good. But yeah, David Ross is back in the dugout tonight. Andy Green did a decent job, I'd say, filling in in, in a pinch. But I mean, it's too little too late. You know, it's September 12th. And the Cubs have had two 10-game losing streaks this season. They're 65 and 78. They're eliminated from the division. And as I look at the wild card standings here, they're not out of it in the wild card, but they're out of it. So yeah, it's it's too little too late for the Cubs, but the White Sox are still in the driver's seat. Holy cow. 81 and 61. 20 games over 500. In the division, they have an 11-game lead over Cleveland. The magic number is 11 for the White Sox to lock up the division. And I still say, Tony La Russa, manager of the year. You know, they're still not at full strength. Tim Anderson's on the IL. But I, that's precautionary. I feel like, you know, I... With the 20-game... You're 20 games over 500 with an 11-game lead in the standings. I don't mind giving T.A. some time off. It's not like you're fighting for the division crown. It's not like you're neck and neck with Cleveland. I don't mind it. And Larry Garcia is doing a good job filling in as well. Wow. Speaking of Tim Anderson. <laughs> wow, that's weird. It just came over my Twitter timeline just now. Uh, Tony LaRusa expects Tim Anderson to return and play Tuesday. That's from James Fegan at The Athletic. Wow, that was weird. Like, I mean, it, literally 13 seconds ago, this came across my Twitter timeline. Tony LaRusa expects Tim Anderson to return and play Tuesday. So the White Sox will likely be at full strength. That's going to be dangerous. Alright, I got 10 minutes left. Well, 10 and a half. But... We're going to go back to the Bears because I want to go back to tonight's game, which will kick off 7.20 p.m. on NBC. I told you the spread is Rams favored by 8.5 now. The line moved from 7.5. Not usually one to take the under. But my prediction for tonight Bear or Bears. Rams twenty four. 
Bears 20. I think the Bears are going to lose tonight. I mean, that's just... I just think the Bears are going to lose. But I don't see it being a nine-point game. I expect it to be three points, four points, maybe three points or a touchdown, whatever. Either way, I think the Bears are going to cover. So I say again, my prediction, Rams 24, Bears 20. And I still think we see Justin Fields tonight. I think we see Justin Fields for more than just a few scripted, schematic plays. Because I think Andy Dalton's going to be that bad. Oh, we do have a DM here. Someone in the mailbag. Daryl Horowitz, former host of the show. What's up, Daryl? He said, I know I'm late. I think the Bulls bench outside of Kobe White could be offensively challenged. No surefire players who can put the ball in the hole. Caruso adds some offense if he hits threes, but not sure how deep they are when you consider quality outside of the starting unit. You know, I... I don't disagree with that. You know, I think bench depth, like, from an offensive standpoint, like, I, I get where you're coming from there, Daryl. I'm trying to find my notes here. I wrote down the what I thought the rotations would be. But, yeah, I think Caruso off the bench, they're definitely getting some defense on the bench. I, I Don't sleep on Marco Simonovic or Derek Jones Jr. here. Like, I... I really like Derek Jones Jr. and I like Marco Simonovic a lot. So, just throwing that one out there too. But no, I wrote down the rotations in here somewhere. Maybe it's in my other notebook. Here it is. You know, this is before Jones Jr. came in, before Alizé came in. You know, Troy Brown Jr., is a high upside player. Again, I really like Marco Simonovic. Tony Bradley, I, I see why that one is not going to be strong offensively, I'd say. And they do have Io DeSumo, who I know you're a big fan of, Daryl. I know you're I know you were a big fan of the Io DeSumo pick. But yeah, once Kobe comes back from the injury, which it looks like he's practicing, you know, the Bulls posted couple pictures on Twitter the other day and Kobe was he cut his hair and he was in a practice jersey so he must be doing okay but I I, I could see where you're coming from there I think they added defense with the bench but yeah I I, I can see that it Jones can't shoot and not sure how much Marco plays oh I don't know. I I, th- I think Derek Jones Jr. is one of those that's got a high upside, like I said. So we'll see. I know that is definitely a valid concern with the Bulls bench. But no, I the big thing that Arturis and Mark Eversley did this offseason was address defensive issues. I think the starting line of adding Lonzo especially Put Lonzo and Patrick Williams out there, and they're adding some defense. Also, Alex Caruso is a great defender coming off the bench. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those wait-and-see things. It's a young team. We have to remember that. It is a young team. So, that's going to be something to watch, too, to see if they develop. Maybe I'm too optimistic about the Bulls team. I mean, I've said that a lot. But I might be a little too optimistic. But no, I, I'm i not super worried about it. But I think it's a valid concern. I see where you're coming from. Alright, back to the Bears. With LA tonight, here's what they've got in the upcoming schedule too. You know, Next week, they've got Cincinnati... Andy Dalton revenge game? Anybody? Then they go to Cleveland. And then they've got Detroit. 
I think that Detroit game is where you see Justin Fields take over as starter. I've said that all along. You got Aaron Donald is the big name against L.A. The Bengals, yeah, you could, I guess, start him against Cincinnati. I'm not worried about Cincinnati at all, but give that one to Andy Dalton, I guess, for the storyline. Cleveland's got Miles Garrett. Get past there, throw the kid out there. Like, I think throwing him out there against Detroit, I'd be fine with that. Because at some point, Justin Fields is going to start at some point this season. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Andy Dalton is not the long-term starter for this team. Justin Fields is the future. And then when they draft Chris Olave in the draft this year, it's going to be a well-oiled machine on offense. It's kind of like my pipe dream, I guess. Kind of bringing in Chris Olave from Ohio State because Justin Fields went to Ohio State. But I like the Rams 24-20 tonight. And I think it's I think it's gonna be a better game than people think. You know, I hear people talk about oh the Bears are gonna get killed tonight, like they're they're gonna lose bad. Like I think it's gonna be a decent game just because you got two pretty strong defenses. I mean, I know the Bears' defense isn't what it used to be, but they're still a good defense. And especially with Desai taking over as coordinator and maybe implementing something similar to Fangio's scheme. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. We'll just have to see. But again, the big thing is, we're talking football again. College, NFL, it's great. You know, I love, like, baseball is my sport. I always tell people, baseball is my sport. But football is so much fun to talk about. And now we're into it. It's going to be fun. So yeah, this is only week one. And starting next week, we'll have, this will be essentially a pregame show. Because with noon kickoffs, guess what? I'm on the air till noon. So I'm not like branding it as, oh, it's a Bears pregame show. But it kind of turns into that because I talk a lot of football. It'll also be easier when we could talk about last week's games. And I'm expecting to have a lot to talk about from tonight. Andy Dalton versus Matt Stafford. That is the primetime matchup that everybody wants to see. I keep forgetting that Matt Stafford's on the Rams because I'm so used to him being on the Lions. But now the Lions have Jared Goff, who I'm also not a very big fan of. But yeah, Dalton versus Stafford in the first Sunday night football game of the year. Awesome. Watch out for Justin Fields tonight, though. Like I said, I think he'll be out there for more than just a couple package plays. We'll see how bad Andy Dalton is. Because again, I'm not sold. I know I'm not alone in that. I have just about 40 seconds left. Before I've got to get out of here. So thank you everybody for listening. You know we got football season upon us. So much to talk about. I hope you enjoy the full slate of games today. You know games start in 30 seconds. And enjoy football. If you're if you're a football better. May your bets be profitable. And I cannot wait to talk more Bears. NFL college. And also all the Chicago sports. The next few weeks with you right here on the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM. I am out of time. Thank you, everybody, again for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. Wear a mask, get the vaccine when you can. Talk to you back here next Sunday, hopefully talking about a good Bears game. Have a great week, everybody. We'll get you back to your music here on WLUW 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University.